Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Luke 24, what I feel, what I feel tonight is, I feel a touch of healing. But far beyond flesh. Verse 13 of Luke 24. And behold, two of them, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. It came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. He said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So they're talking to Jesus about Jesus. He said that they said he was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But but we trusted. That's that's the crux of the matter. We trusted that. It had been he which should have redeemed Israel. We trusted this man. And beside all these, this, 
this day is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels which said he was alive and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And to enter into his glory. Now Jesus is talking to them about Jesus. And beginning at Moses. And all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scripture. The things concerning Himself. They drew nigh to the village. Whether they went, he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him. Because once you have Jesus, you better not let him go. They constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening. The day is far spent. He went to tarry with them. Watch what happens. It came to pass as he sat at meat with them. He took bread and blessed it. And break. He gave to them and their eyes were opened and they knew him. He took the bread, he blessed the bread, but then he break the bread and their eyes were open. I want to preach to you tonight the other side of broken. There is such a thick anointing in this building right now. I want you to lift your hands and grab a hold of it. Come on, don't let it go. Constrain it. Keep it. Tap into it. You may be seated. We on this side 
Calvary. Taking a look at our vantage point of the cross. We have come up with a label on the Friday, Friday before Easter. We have labeled it Good Friday. And I I suppose for those of us that know the tomb will be emptied. For those of us that know he would come back 50 days later in a greater measure by the Holy Ghost. I assume for us perhaps it is a good Friday. For just a moment, let's slip our feet in the sandals of the disciples. For them, it is anything but a good Friday. For them, in their concept, in their vantage point of Calvary. This is the day that Jesus left them. This is the day that Jesus tried his best for three and a half years to explain to these people would come But every time he talked about it, whether it was a Peter, a John, a James, somebody in the crowd would immediately change the subject because we don't want to hear anything about Jesus dying on us. Come on, i got to draw you into this, bring you on the other side of Calvary, not the one you're used to seeing. Right now, there is no empty tomb. No, right now, all you see is stripes on his back, and piercing of his side, and blood in his hands. No, this, this is anything but a good Friday. This has become the day that that the man they left everything to follow has left them, abandoned them. His voice has become silent in their lives. Can you just imagine, can you for just a moment put yourself in their sandals. Fishing was not their vacation. It was their vocation. It's not what they did for fun. It's what they did to supply food on the table. 
and clothes on the back. It's what they did to make a living for their families and for this stranger who's walking alongside of Galilee. They have, they have got rid of their fishing nets. They have, they have forsaken houses and lands and mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers to follow this man who now decides to die on them. It's not a good Friday. Oh, this, this, is, this is the worst Friday they've ever lived. This, this is the moment they did not want to talk about this. This is the time they tried their best to change the subject. Yes, Jesus, talk to us about greater works than these shall we do. But, but don't tell us it's expedient for you that I go away. Yes, Jesus, talk to us about power over all the power of the enemy but don't tell us the day is coming that you've got to go away and, and, and you've got to be crucified tell me about the power I'm going to have and the ministry I'm going to have and the revival I'm going to have but don't tell me about those lonely days don't tell me about those sleepless nights don't tell me about your voice being silent don't tell me about the struggle before I get the revival It's not a good Friday. They have given up careers, not just theirs, but family tradition careers. They have walked away from college educations. They have forsaken houses and lands. They have forsaken the money they could have had. Are you with me? They have forsaken all the blessings of the world that was at their disposal. They have forsaken all the cars they could have drove, all the houses they could have lived in, all the vacation spots they could enjoy for one reason to follow a man they've never met, to obey a doctrine they've never heard, to walk, come on, to walk with a man who walked on water only three years later to die on them. Oh, for these people, don't you dare call it a good Friday. Come on, this, this is the day that, that my prayer wasn't answered. This, this is the day that God didn't make the way I thought he would make. This, this is the moment I did not want to see coming. Jesus, give me the keys to the kingdom, but, but don't forsake me. Don't, don't leave me. Come on, don't, don't turn your back on me. Be there for me. Be, be there when I promise me. Put all the blessings in my hand. Everything I'm going to have if I follow you but but don't talk about don't talk about the struggle and the fight and the heartache and the backstabbing and the pain come on don't talk to me about all the gossipers I gotta deal with don't talk to me about all the negative people I gotta don't talk to me about everybody I invest in who only talk about me when I'm not around anymore don't tell me about that Tell me about the influx of souls I'm going to get, but don't tell me about that prominent family who's going to leave. Tell me, show me, 
promise me. Give me some insight. Give me some revelation. If I just start to work on changing the look of the building and just show me what the end result's going to be, but God don't tell me everything I'm going to have to do before I see it. Let, 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 let me just bring this down home. I, I, I got nothing to prove tonight. God, God, show me all the revivals I'm going to have. Show me, show me all of the country I'm going to enjoy. But God, don't tell me about the people that I try my best to impart things into. And I try my best. Come on. I try my best to pour my soul into. But don't tell me how they're going to lie on me and cheat me and Tell me about my friends, not my enemies. See, at the end of the day, the 12 are just flesh. That's why they don't want to hear about the crucifixion. And every time Jesus would tell them, they would, they would either change the subject or they would try to, they would try to somehow, somehow squeeze their own personal opinions into the conversation. Are you talking about buildings? Are you talking about a new city? Come on, don't be talking about a cross. Don't be talking about blood. Don't be talking about crucifixion. Tell me me how glorious it's going to be not how ugly it's going to look see there are some of you you've you've stayed faithful to God you've stayed faithful to his word you've stayed faithful to the truth but you got a broken heart and you got a troubled spirit you you got scars that you carry. You got, you got wounds that's been, that's been put on you only because you followed him. Come on, Pentecost, get honest with yourself. There are some scars you carry you would have never had had you not followed Jesus. Come on, there's some wounds that, that you live with day in and day out. You would have never, you would have never saw had you left when the ship was sinking, had you, had you just bailed when it was the easy thing to do, but because you stayed and because you stayed put, yeah, God's been faithful to you, but you also got some crosses you carry. It would have been, it would have been very easy many years ago as I was sitting in our truck as my wife went in to a, to a post office to mail some stuff. And I got that call of the revival that I was supposed to preach two days down the road and it was canceled on me and Last week's revival was canceled, and the week before that was canceled. Yeah, it would have been easy at that time when I called my former place of employment and asked them if there was a job position open, and if they would have said yes, it would have been easy to drive back to North Carolina and just forget all this mess. But because I stayed put and because I stayed faithful, there's some scars I carry. 
some wounds I bear. There's some, there some holes in my spirit. Come on, the problem with Pentecost is we want to be fake with everything. We need some transparency. We need to show people how real this is. Hurt is real. Disappointment is real. Scars are real. Yes, it would have been it would have been very easy back in 2006 when that when that evangelist whom I had never met went around the Louisiana district telling all the pastors after we had left, don't have Brother Atkins. He'll split your church wide open. He'll, he'll, he'll do more harm than he did good. Never even met the man, but here he is talking about me. It would have been very easy to just go back home and say, you know, forget all this stuff. We're supposed to be working together, but you're trying to ruin my name before I even have a chance to make a name. Some of you didn't think that stuff went on in ministry. Oh, yeah, it does. See, those who hurt me is not saints. It's people who are supposed to be men of God. That's who hurt me. That's a, that's a hard cross to bear. That's, that, that, that's, a hard, that's a hard wound to go around with. He dies on that, on that cross. The sad thing is, and I may, I may talk about it more tomorrow night, but the sad thing is Jesus was always there when they needed him. But now when he needs them, he can only get one. He dies, he gives up the ghost. He declares it is finished. He goes and begins to preach to the spirits in prison loosening them. Two days later stay with me. Here we go. Two days later two men two men are walking on this road of Emmaus Scripture only gives us one of the name, Cleopas. But through my study and through my research on who the second man possibly had been, most commentaries will tell you they believe that man number two who was unnamed was your Acts 2.38 preacher, Peter. So here you got Cleopas and you got Peter, the man with keys dangling in his pocket. The only one beside Jesus that was able to walk on the water. The one in that prestigious elite group of Peter, James, and John. The one that saw the transfiguration of Jesus, the the one that declared without hesitation after the question was posed, who do you say I am? You are the Christ. 
come on, we're talking about Peter. We're talking about the powerful preacher. We're talking about the one whose doctrine we, we reiterate and whose baptism we, we baptize in, in the name of Jesus. That's who we're talking, we're talking about, Peter. Three and a half years, Peter has walked with this man. Three and a half years, he's heard the man's voice. Are you with me? Three and a half years, he was in his presence. Three and a half years, he saw his touch. Three and a half years, he knew everything about this man. He, he walked with him. He prayed with him. And while he and Cleopas is walking on the road of Emmaus, Jesus comes straggling along and gets in the middle of them and Peter has no clue who it is. You would think as soon as Jesus showed up, there would have been a check in Peter's spirit and Peter would have said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, last time I felt that presence is when I was in the Garden of Gethsemane. I was alongside Jesus. I've, I've never felt a presence like Jesus carries. But Peter cannot recognize him by the presence. Jesus then opens his mouth and begins to talk to them. What manner of communications are y'all having with each other? What, what, what are you guys talking about? What, what's the latest news? You would think after three and a half years, Peter would have said, wait a minute. Nobody sounds like that man. Nobody talks like Jesus talks. His voice is undeniable. His words are unmistakable, but through the presence and through the talking, Peter has no idea he's in the presence of Jesus. So they walk along this road, and Cleopas is saying, are you, are you a stranger around here? Or are you new to the neighborhood? Do you not understand what's been going on? And Jesus said, no, explain to me what things. And, and Cleopas said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the, the things concerning this man. And here's the crux of the matter, Medora. This is the painful, this is the painful reality. This, this is the painful, come on, this is the painful, the, the, the painful revelation that they had to give Jesus. It's when he said that the man died on us. The man was crucified. But we trusted this man. We had our hope in him. We had our trust in him. We had our confidence in him. We just knew he wouldn't let us down. We just knew he wouldn't abandon us. We just knew he wouldn't walk away on us. And now he's died on us. trusted we left everything familiar we gave up everything we knew because we trusted this man but now he's nowhere to be found we went to the tomb and the tomb is empty we don't know if they stole his body we don't know what all we know is he's abandoned us We, 
We need him now more than ever because we're lonely and we're confused. And, and we, got, we got questions without answers and we got prayers without replies. We can, we can really use Jesus right now, but he's nowhere to be found. But they're walking right beside of him. And it gets even more confusing because the scripture says that Jesus started at Moses. I don't think that means Exodus because Moses is the writer of Genesis. He went back to the beginning and expounded. That doesn't mean he just tiptoed around it. That means he got deep with it. He, he, he expounded on it. He didn't do what Jonathan Atkins he did in M.L. Walls. He got deep with it. He wrote commentaries on it. He expounded all of the Old Testament, all of the prophets. You would think, you would think there would have been a check in Peter's spirit and he would have said, wait a minute, the last time I heard touch, the last time I heard teaching this powerful. Only one man can teach like that. Only, only one man can expound. Only one man can, can be so eloquent. But you hear me through the presence, through the voice, through the teaching, Peter hasn't a clue. You mean the man you, you walked with for three and a half years you don't know is walking with you today? Look at his footsteps. Look at his footprints. Nobody left footprints like that man. Come on, nobody left the trail everywhere he went like that man but you still don't have a clue who you're walking with. sun begins to set. The cool of the night sets in. They finally make it back to their home. And while they're walking in the door, this so-called stranger makes as, this, as if he's going somewhere else until these two men constrain him. Sir, it's not safe to walk the streets of Israel late at night. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not safe you being a stranger around here. This, this is a bad neighborhood. You, you may want to come and just stay with us tonight till it's safe to, to get up when, it's, when the day breaks to, so you can at least see your way back home. And Jesus walks into their house. You would think of that at that, at that very moment when the feet of Jesus passed the threshold of that house, you would have thanked Peter would have remembered when those feet walked into his house to heal his mother-in-law. The last time the atmosphere changed in a room like this is when Jesus showed up. 
but through the voice, through the presence, through the atmosphere, through the teaching, he hasn't a clue who he's been walking with and talking to all day long. Here we go. They sit at the table. They take out some bread. Bread is, bread is often misunderstood in the American culture. Because bread is what we eat as an appetizer. Not these people. Bread was their meal. Bread was their main course. So they sit down at the dinner table to eat their, eat their meal. And he being the guest, they, they honor the guest. Would, 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 you, would, you, would you say grace? Would you, would you take the bread? Would you, would you give the bread? And he takes that bread. He blesses that bread. But then little by little, he begins to break the bread. And what the presence could not do, what the voice could not do, what the teaching could not do, what the atmosphere could not do, when Peter's eyes was fastened on the hands of the master breaking the bread, the light bulb went off in his head. And Peter said, wait a minute. The last time I saw bread broken like that, 5,000 people were fed. <laughs> Come on, the only time I've saw, the only two times I've saw bread broken that gracefully is when 5,000 were fed and 4,000 were, were, were fed. The, 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 there's only one man I know of that can break and bless at the same time. There's only one man I've ever met that can hold what he's breaking just as tender as he can hold what he's blessing. There's only one man I've ever met. Come on, that's so graceful. That's so merciful. Come on, that's so, that's so easy with the breaking as just as powerful as he is with the blessing. And you hear me, Medor, what the, what, what the presence could not do and what the teaching could not do and what the voice could not do and what the atmosphere could not do. It was on the other side of broken. It was on the other side of the crumbs. It was on the other side of the tearing and the pulling that Peter got the revelation. You know what? I've not been alone. You know what? He never did abandon me. You know what? He never did leave my side. In my pain, he was there. In my failure, he was there. When I wasn't there for him, he was still there for me. Sometimes, oh God, oh God, oh God. 
I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but you sit here on the other side of your brokenness. You've been broken by friends. You've been broken by family. Come on, you've been broken by spouse. You've been broken by children. My God, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You've been broken by churches. You've been broken by ministry. Come on, you've been broken by people you thought that loved you. You've been broken by people that you trusted in, but you hear me. There's a reason for your brokenness because in your brokenness God wants to give you a revelation that through all the tears you shed he was still walking with you all day long through all the heartbreak he was still holding your hand through those lonely nights come on when you felt alone when you felt abandoned when you felt abused when you felt done wrong there was a master there was a healer there was a God there was a Jesus who was always by your side. He was always, he was always. Come on, on the other side of COVID, he never left us. On the other side of broken, he never abandoned us. When we didn't know what to do and we didn't know where to go and we didn't know how to handle it, there was a God who was walking on our Emmaus road. Come on, Emmaus sounds a whole lot like a mess. In your mess, he's still walking with you. In your mess, he's still talking to you. In your mess, he's still holding your hand. In your hurt, he's still the healer. In your pain, he's still the restorer. In your loneliness, he's still a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Come on, in your, in your distraught for feelings, he's still a God that promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The cross can't take me away from you. The tomb can't take me away from you, Peter. I will always be by your side. Peter, son, I love you so much that when I can't find you at a cross, you can find me on Emmaus. When I look down and only see John because you're somewhere denying and cursing, I love you so much that when you left me, I never left you. I told you there's a healing spirit in this house tonight. And God wants to heal that broken heart. God wants to hear those. God wants to heal those tear-stained pillows at night. God, God wants to heal that brokenness. And he wants to heal it through a revelation that in your brokenness, he's still walking with you step by step by step. And when you cannot recognize his voice and you cannot feel his presence and you cannot sense the shift in the atmosphere and you're, and you're too blind to recognize the teaching. 
there's something about the way he holds what he's blessing but never lets go of it when he's breaking. And the only time he breaks it, oh my God, the only time he breaks it is when he wants to give it. You know why God breaks me? Because He wants to give me. And He can't give me as a whole Atkins. Come on, because I got some tendencies that I shouldn't have, and I got some spirits I shouldn't have, and come on, I got some attitudes I shouldn't have. And so He has to break me little by little. By little, but he's so tender with it that he can bless while he's breaking. And after I've been set on the potter's wheel, then he can give me to be a better blessing than I could have been had he not broken. When, 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 I, when I walked in the sanctuary Thursday night, I, I walked through that door and had no idea what I was going to behold. The last time I was here, it was still a shell of itself, so I had no idea what it would look like. But, but Brother Gill, something hit me when, when I walked in here and I looked at all the walls that's now painted and the beautiful ceiling and all the lights that's placed and instruments that's placed and the seats and the sound ever if you just stay in this room you see what God has done but if you go in that room there's still some holes on the walls there's still some structure that's not completed So, so, so right now you see and you enjoy what God has done. Come on, two years ago when I prophesied, right, that's what you say. I think I just gave you a word, but you, your pastor knows more about prophets than I do. If he says I prophesied, then I prophesied. But I told you it was, it was not just a structure. It was not just a building. It was spiritual so is this, you look around and see what God has done. But if you go in that room, there's still some stuff that God's about to do. That you don't see. See, what, what you see now is what the 12 that's been baptized and so many that's got that. What you don't see is the new family about to walk. And what's, what you don't see is... 
Come on, what you don't see is when it's all said and done, this sanctuary won't be big enough to hold everybody you're going to get. I know you're going through brokenness. Come on, I know, come on, I know it's a, I know it's a long process, but you hear this evangelist, God never left you. God never forsook you. God never abandoned you. He's been with you, and he's still walking by your side. Come on, stand here. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.